Good morning, sir. Good morning. Coming to you from uh, Brooklyn. You're Coming in Manhattan. To you from in Manhattan. Yes. yes. Uh, we are having a, del- a deluge. It is a little wet out there. Yeah. grateful for uh roofs and indoor lighting and things today oh yes modern technology Mm -hmm. shelter shelter yep shelter running water food um yeah the water's a little crazy up there and um you know it's one of those weird things where if you if we don't have water we're dead and if we have too much water we're dead yeah there's a habitable a goldilocks zone of water that's right yeah (laughs) Yeah, and it's not just, um, you know, amount of water, but water itself, you know, has, has these strange properties that sometimes people like to talk about, right? Like that, that it, uh, when water freezes, it freezes from the top, for instance. Ice floats on water. Oh. Um, yeah, that's, I know most, most substances, uh, it doesn't work that way. That is the solid form. Really? Would sink. Yeah. Um, so that means, and all kinds of, so for instance, um, you know, when lakes freeze in winter, they freeze from the top down. Right. So they stay liquid underneath. So that, that means living critters can can survive uh, through the winter. Um, and this was realized, I don't know, a couple hundred years ago, that if water didn't have this strange property, then sort of all aquatic life would die every winter. Um, and this was used as a uh, proof of God's existence at one point, too. Interesting. Wait, right. so if it froze starting at the bottom, say, uh-huh. yep. um, they... Then all the fishies would get forced to the surface where they would freeze to death. Oh. Right. So when it freezes on top, it creates this kind of insulating effect. Interesting. Like a little blanket. Yes, that's right. A little cold blanket. A little blanket. Yeah. That's interesting. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's cool. That, that reminds me of the... Um, I remember learning from Cosmos... Um, he, um, there's the, is it the, there's like 20 or some number of, um, parameters that are set in our physics, uh, Mm -hmm. our universe. And, uh, I remember Carl Sagan sits down, he's in his spaceship of the imagination, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, and he has dials and he turns the dials and he says, if this one and that one, these, it's, very finely just tuned. just a little different. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is often called the, the fine-tuning problem, um, that there, there are these strange properties of the universe that if they were slightly different, um, then as it's usually phrased, we wouldn't be here, right? So if you, turn, right. if you turn the fine structure constant slightly too far to the left, then atoms can't form. Mm. And if you, if you tune the, the gravitational constant too far to the right, then everything gloms together and you don't get like proper galaxies or solar systems. You just get a big blob. This is something I've always wanted to think about. Carl Sagan sitting there. Mm-hmm. Able, he has a dial for every, there's about 20 of these parameters mm-hmm. that this is how, um, this is how strong a particular force is. Right. Yep. And, um, if I turn that a little bit. Um, so it didn't occur to me back then, but it does occur to me now that w- is there a Goldilocks zone? Well, there is, there is some Goldilocks zone within that. It sounds, it's incredibly fine tuned. Like mm-hmm. I think they were saying right. it, it, you could take almost like the lowest common denominator, whichever one of those is the most sensitive one, perhaps. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
let's say that's the one that lets uh, add uh, Greg, what did you say? Um, Ad- oh, makes Adam, matter let's form. do Adam's form. Yeah. Adam's, oh, Adam's form, right? Not mm-hmm. even just right. come together, they form. Right. Yeah. Um, so whatever, there, there's, there's some range, right? Mm-hmm. Within there where they still form, but they form more slowly or less frequently yeah. or more quickly, mm-hmm. right? Um, do we have any idea how wide that is? And what, so what would that look like if, if we just tuned one of the parameters? Oh yeah, so that's right. So that's I should say that's the that's the game, right? So that that's the fine tuning game. Mm. Is you say uh, we have these equations and these parameters, and we understand their function in the universe. So if I change this one, how does the universe um, look different? So mm. uh, and the 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 strange thing about these parameters is that the differences are really sharp. That is, it's not that atoms get, or as you change the parameter, atoms get slightly different until they're very different. But if you change it even the slightest bit, you get no atoms at all. Oh, You're atomless, right? And let's just uh, clarify. So also I want to clarify just these parameters because people are sure. totally lost with, that. What with the parameters. So basically it's just like, um, actually we could take a ridiculously simple one, like the force of gravity. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Everyone feels gravity. And... Um, as Newton discovered, it's a, it's a, it just depends on, um, the more mass you have, the stronger the force of gravity around that object. Mm-hmm. Einstein clarified that a little more clearly, but, but still that's the basic idea. Um, so what Carl Sagan was saying in this example was that there are lots of things, the force of gravity, um, the nuclear force, I guess mm-hmm. is what you're talking about. Um, there are different things that, that, make things either come together like electromagnetic forces um, that if that didn't happen, if we didn't have, if you had no gravity, then Mm -hmm. nothing would ever come together um, under the gravitational force. And so we'd have no planet. Everything could just be like, yeah, dust, if that. Mm -hmm. Um, So everyone, you you can understand. So there's about 20 of these different things where if they were just a little bit different, um, our universe just would not form. Something would be wrong. It wouldn't have one of its key um, mm-hmm. ingredients. So, um, so gravity now, if we were to continue to use that as an example, if gravity were a little bit less, that would have quite a wide range, I guess. That would be quite enormous, yeah. So like the, if you'll forgive me for um, tossing an equation in here. So yeah. the equation for Newtonian gravity is pretty simple. So it's the force is equal to g, which is a constant, some proportional number, um, times uh, one mass times the value of the other mass. So that would be the Earth's mass and then my mass, all divided by the square of the distance between those masses. Right? Um, so you and I are exerting gravitational forces on each other mm-hmm. right now. Okay, And our, our, the distance between us, is, oh, what, a few miles? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would calculate your mass and my mass. And then G is a tiny little term, a tiny little number. Uh, so the actual force between us is very, very small. But it's there and you could measure it. Right. So if G was just bigger, say twice its current value, then the attraction between you and I would be slightly larger. Okay. And you probably wouldn't notice that. Right. Still wouldn't notice that. It's so okay. small. Um, but you would, but the earth would be pulling on you twice as hard. So mm. that would be, that would be a different, a different kind of life. 
Okay. But but you could still live, right? Humans would just be squatter and wider, even right. than Americans are today. Right. <laughs> uh, but now let's mess with that R squared in the denominator of the equation. Okay. So now let's say instead of R squared, it's R cubed. Mm. Okay. So the R cubed function looks a lot different than the R squared function. So now the large scale behavior of gravity is going to be really different. So you'd probably still get planets, but you might not get stable orbits around the sun. Mm. Okay. So or or is, it, might, is it also yeah. that with when it's cubed, it increases much more rapidly the closer you get to something. Right, exactly. Yeah, so maybe yeah. it wouldn't be that we wouldn't have planets as all the planets would be hyper-dense. Right. Okay. I right. mean, I'd actually need to run through the equations to actually figure out what, what this difference would be. Um, but, but, but for instance, a planet, yeah. the first planet, the closest planet around a star would have to be farther away than it does in our universe. That's right. And it's even, yeah, and then you get these... Um, then it could be too cold on that Yeah, the, these instabilities. So, for instance, um, right now we've got this this comfortable stability among the orbits of the different planets in our solar system. Mm. So Jupiter, the, the tugs from Jupiter even out over time, so Earth doesn't get hurled from its orbit. Mm. But if if the gravity gravitational law was one over R cubed, then those those little nudges might not balance out over mm. time. Mm -hmm. So Earth would just be hurled from its orbit and we die a horrible death in the sun or in the, the freezing interstellar spaces. Right. Right? Basically, so or, the, yeah. if something has a much stronger force of gravity um, or, and a force of gravity that increases much more, uh, increases much more quickly as you get closer mm -hmm. to it than in our universe, it's, it becomes a much more dangerous object. Well, that's that's right. So that's the that's the fine. This is one version of the fine tuning argument yeah. um, that things we take for granted, like a stable orbit around the sun, might not be possible if you fiddle with mm. the equations a little bit. Right. Um, and in fact, actually, the, uh, the this observation was was made by the same guy who observed the the water freezing problem. Uh, back oh, in the 1830s, this guy really? named William William Hewell, um, super important guy who's not really well known today. He was a mathematician and sort of uh, one of the the masters of the University of Cambridge. Um, but he's actually the guy who coins the word scientist. Whoa! So, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so he writes this book um, uh, about what's called natural theology, which is kind of trying to reason out the nature of God from observing these sorts of observing nature. Um, and he's one of the first people to articulate these, these fine tuning paradoxes. Uh, and he says, actually, in addition to uh, gravitational orbits being stable, he says the, the formula of gravity also shows that God loves us, not only because it doesn't plunge us into the sun, but also because the, the one over R squared formula is really easy to calculate. <laughs> that is, <laughs> if it was one over R cubed, the math gets incredibly more difficult. That just means God uh, loves C students. That's, well, that's actually, that's kind of his argument is that, that God loves mathematicians. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if God had given us a, a lousier formula, then it would show that God hated mathematicians. That's funny. Although, yeah, yeah. Einstein did say, Einstein, who was uh, mm -hmm. agnostic at best um, about God, said that one of those most incredible things about the universe is that we can understand it. Yeah, that it's comprehensible. It's comprehensible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
in the this is interesting because then what happens here is if using gravity as one of the parameters, mm-hmm. we do start to see this that's actually a good one because it does have such a wide range where it doesn't become destructive immediately if it's tuned mm-hmm. so differently a little bit, a yeah. little bit. and um, what it means is that um, turn it up. I actually had there was a video game I can't remember what it was called. It was like a little simulator program. Um, uh, which anyway, I'm sure there's newer ones you can find where you can play this game. You have a solar system, and you can change the force of gravity, and you can watch how what uh, happens to that fun. solar system, yeah, right? right. Mm-hmm. And um, so, if you turn, you can imagine looking down on your normal model of a solar system. There's a star, and there's planets going around it in nice circles, mostly, and um, you turn down the force of gravity, um, some of those planets, if, if not eventually all of them, will just fly away from the sun mm-hmm. because that star right. no longer yeah, has, is, doesn't have a strong enough force to keep them in. If you turn it up higher and higher and higher, um, all the planets are going to come crashing into the sun. Mm-hmm. First, they, they may even crash into each other on the way. Um, so if in some weird, if what the if... You tuned it, and it was very high, but not so high that um, nothing could form. So it's a habitable universe, but it's just very high. Then that would mean things like stars could not get too close together. Or when they did, they would hit each other. So if we were, if our star was, if our sun was too close to Alpha Centauri, it's about four light years, you know, in, if you turned up gravity high enough, four light years might be enough to start pulling us together catastrophically. Right. Yes. And then uh, and then one would say, um, since the universe is billions of years old, that's mm. plenty of time for those catastrophic forces to have or those catastrophic events who have already occurred. So you'd say in. Uh, in a universe where gravity was significantly stronger, then our galaxy wouldn't have this pleasant um, disk shape that mm. it does, mm. but it would just be a big blob, <clears throat> right? All, all the stars would have long since crashed together. Right. Um, or if there is a stable form, it would look very different than the one we have, right? It would, stars would have had to be further apart or higher initial velocities or something like that. Um, so instead of this this pleasant universe of of galactic islands you know, spread out, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we would just have these big blobs um, where where stars would uh, would all have mashed together, and probably just frankly a bunch of big black holes by right. this point. They'd eventually right. be black holes, yeah, yeah. Um, which would be a bummer, right? Right, but then it, it depends on what time scale we were doing. Yeah. Um, uh, and actually, the Andromeda galaxy is coming towards us. Yep, well, g- right. galaxies do collide. All the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, when they do, you know, it, it may not be gravity that's pulling those two things together. They may have mm-hmm. been thrown in, each one thrown in this, on this intersecting path. But when they do get close to each other, they do start to interact gravitationally. Yep. And um, crazy things happen. And you can actually see galaxies, right? You can see awesome pictures of two galaxies in the middle of colliding yeah, that's right. It's and it's um, they're often called cannibal galaxies, actually, because one galaxy tends to eat the other one. Uh, 
the bigger one tears apart the smaller one. Right. So those collisions happen on the time scale of millions of years. Right. Uh, so you can't actually watch it. But if gravity was significantly stronger, those collisions might happen on the order of, I don't know, minutes. Right. right. I, I mean, I'd ha- that would be hard to conceive of, but it would be awesome. Um, you know, the galaxies would have to be colliding at like light speed and such. Yeah. Um, but then uh, those would all have already happened in the course of the universe. So you probably wouldn't ever get galaxies like ours in the first place. Oh, right. Okay. They never right. Even, right. They wouldn't have um, spread out. Um, yeah. But, but like if you were a supervillain and you invented a device that could change the gravitational constants. Now we're talking. Um, that's right. Then that would be a thing you could do, right? You could point your, your gravity changing beam um, at, at your enemy's galaxy. Right. Um, uh, and then that galaxy would then start undergoing these processes much, much faster. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, enemies of the Milky Way galaxy, um, invent a, a gravitational increasing ray and point it at the Milky Way and the Andromeda galaxy. And then we're going to start, then the Andromeda starts rushing towards us much, much faster. Right, right. Or, or more right. like, it's like instead of a tractor beam, which we see in movies all the time, where mm-hmm. I pull it towards me, whoever yeah, right. has the beam is going to pull it towards themselves. Right. Um, these could be more like almost um, grenades. Like it's this thing yes. you throw, <laughs> right? right? You, you shoot mm-hmm. it out and, um, or a depth charge, you know, just this big object and you mm-hmm. fire one towards the Andromeda galaxy. You probably only need to do one but it, well, yeah, depending it, it, on the, the blast radius, as it were. Right. right? And uh, so you drop it into one, and it, it goes into the Andromeda galaxy, blows up, and suddenly the Andro- there's much stronger gravitational field. Oh, you, I mean, what's amazing is you act... However this thing works, which is serious mm-hmm. hand-wavium, oh, it yeah. changes the laws of... Not the physics. laws of physics. Yeah. Well, it changes the parameters. Okay. Right? The <laughs> laws are still the same, mm-hmm. but um, it, tunes, it changes the tuning. Right. And so um, you could, so you could have bombs um, that affect the different parameters. It could be like, well, yes. how do we want right. to destroy? Which That's would right. be classic so supervillain, yeah. you know, classic supervillain. He just wants to do things differently for entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, ooh, let's drop a gravity bomb, and mm-hmm. uh, it goes into the galaxy. Doesn't even have to go into the middle of the galaxy. And suddenly, the force of gravity is stronger in that galaxy all mm-hmm. around. And all around, yeah. And all these things start to, you know, gravitate towards each other much more quickly. That would be kind of bizarre animation. It would be bizarre, but, 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 you know, there's an interesting sense in which that's the, that's the most comprehensible parameter change you can imagine. Like, mm. you can imagine gravity being stronger or less strong and kind of conceive what that would look like. But what if your, but if your bomb changed, um, uh, the fine structure constant, right? One of these quantum mechanical things, then it gets really strange because then you do something like, or if, if I mess with the, the, the strong force that holds atoms together. So now neutrons and protons don't hold together in atomic nuclei. Right. So just to clarify in the center of the atom is the nucleus. Yeah. There are protons and neutrons in there, and um, the strong force is on, on when they're very, very close together. They're, it's extremely powerful, Right, this strong force. Um, yeah, so if, if we mess with that just a little bit, 
um, then all of a sudden, so like right now, for instance, you know, uh, uh, uranium atoms or uranium nuclei are not very stable. So they right. undergo radioactive decay, right? But like the carbon atoms that you and I are made of are are perfectly stable because mm-hmm. of the way these, um, or I should say very stable, sorry, mm-hmm. um, uh, because of the way these these parameters are set. So if, if you could set off a bomb on your enemy's planet that lessened the parameters of the strong force, then suddenly the carbon they're made of uh, will be unstable the way that like plutonium is unstable, right? Uh, so evil. It's so evil, right? It doesn't get much more evil than that. Like your atoms would start, your molecules would start to fall apart. Your atoms yeah. would start to fall apart. Your atoms, like the actual atoms, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and that would be, that would be it, right? Your, if, if your body isn't, you know, your body runs on biochemistry that assumes carbon interacts with other atoms in particular ways. So if all of a sudden carbon atoms don't bond anymore, uh, then you don't breathe because oxygen and carbon aren't aren't bonding the way oh. that they normally do. Right? So, so I w- that would be. I'll go one step further, and that's it's instead of these bombs, it's all it sounds more like a virus. Oh yeah, all right. Well, it depends if it's contagious, right? Right, or it could be a maybe not a virus. It's it's like a, it could be a runaway, like a fire or something. Mm-hmm. There's a runaway. Yeah, chain reaction. Right? Chain reaction. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in fact, this is in... Um, now, when those the, atoms come apart, would they then, would those be nuclear explosions? Well, this is this is where you actually have to sit down and crank out the equations. Right. And, and then you need to figure out exactly how your hand-wavium works. Right. Right, because presumably there's there's some principle on which our bomb works, and we would need to figure out what that what that is, right. and then and then kind of follow through the chain of consequences. Hand wavium, uh, by the way, if you don't know, is a term, <laughs> science fiction term, or is it also a science term, perhaps, where it means like, well, we've just created this weird thing for our science That's fiction right. story. Yeah, the the, the, the idea about the, the hand waving is the scientific term for I don't want to talk about this particular process. So if you could <laughs> just not ask me about that, <laughs> right. that'd be good. Right. Um, but there's actually a weapon like this in uh, Ender's Game, the classic uh-huh. sci-fi novel. Uh-huh. Um, so the, the weapon they use against the aliens, I can't remember what the, they call the weapon, but it essentially does this on a, uh, a small scale. So it's, it's a beam that changes nuclear properties so atoms can't hold together anymore. Uh-huh. And and, and it does have a chain reaction effect. Um, so, uh, you know, spoilers for a uh, 40-year-old novel. Yes, um, and a movie. But the, and then the movie. Actually, I can't remember if they actually talk about the weapon in the movie. Yeah. Um, but it is a chain reaction kind of thing. So when you shoot one atom, if there's other atoms near it, then th- that expands the field that breaks down nearby atoms. Mm. So you can shoot an asteroid in the middle of space and the asteroid will disintegrate, but nothing bad happens to the other planets in the solar system. Mm. Um, and in the end, they, they shoot it at the enemy planet, which of course has uh, has lots of atoms close together. So the whole planet destroys itself. Um, and this is in, it's kind of important for the, the plot in various reasons. But. Right. Uh, yeah, so we're not the first to think of that particular uh, weapon. Right. Sorry. Right. right. Well, a Death yeah. Star. It's sort of a more high tech Death Star. It sounds like. Um, but so yeah. So what would happen is you would start to see. It'd be. I wonder on an incredibly slow scale, mm-hmm. how, what that would look like. How many atoms 
would have to come apart. Oh, also, well, I guess actually what would happen is it's not like it would be one atom and then another and then another. Um, they would go in an incredibly short period of time, but like... Presumably, yeah. But it's like, oh, suddenly now you've detuned the strong force. You've less, mm-hmm. you weakened the strong force so that all atoms, which use the exact same force, which they do, right, right, obviously. Um, right, yeah. All atoms come apart. It doesn't matter what they are. Mm-hmm. Across the board, everything falls apart. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that depends if our, our weapon is, um, you know, is it like a bomb where there's this whole region of space where suddenly the laws of physics change? Mm. Uh, in, in which case, yeah, you'll just disintegrate kind of all at once or at least the speed of light, right? So fast right. you wouldn't notice it. But if it's a beam, a laser beam style, and I can fire it at your foot, uh-huh. Um, so your foot, the laws of physics on your foot change, but the laws of physics <laughs> of the rest of your body stay the same. Right. Then you could kind of watch that happen, right? Um, and presumably, well, let's see here. Yeah, so the the carbon atoms in your foot no longer bond with the other things. Or rather, we decided it was a nuclear thing, so the nuclei don't hold together anymore. So instead of being uh, a chunk of carbon compounds it's now a chunk of just pure well mixed uh, a chunk of neutrons and protons mixed together <laughs> um so actually it would probably be what's called a plasma uh, which is when you get kind of a cloud of these fundamental particles uh, uh, but that aren't forming atoms and the electrons um, would fly away immediately wouldn't they well that's right yeah so the electrons are going to be in there messing with stuff too um yeah, that's right. The electrons wouldn't have. So then you'd have a um, uh, an electron, neutron, proton slushy <laughs> uh, that would yeah, that would expand very rapidly um, uh, unless unless the new laws of physics allowed some kind of stable configuration. That would be an interesting calculation to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably it would just become this vaguely glowing cloud of fundamental particles. <laughs> Um, that's wild. Yeah. This is a new version of spaghettification. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's kind of the opposite. Instead of you going mm-hmm. into the black hole, it's, you know, your your molecular, your atomic structure is uh, is messed with. Yeah, um, bad news. Well, this is good. I, I, I look forward to uh, never seeing this weapon. At least not get into the wrong hands. Actually, I do look forward to it being invented because we would all like to see. We would like to weird, see it, of course. Weird yes. things. Um yeah. Aimed at people we don't like. Exactly. You don't want me to hit you with my atomic slushy weapon. <laughs> uh, and actually, there's another sci-fi story in the um, the Three Body Problem trilogy. I don't yes. know if you've read any of these yet. I'm now uh, partway into the second book. Oh, okay. All right. So, so I won't I won't say anything too specific because spoilers for amazing, a year old novel. Amazing uh, stuff. Yeah. But we do see uh, this sort of thing happened that is uh, civilization so advanced they can mess with the laws of physics yeah. um, and what kind of effect that has on sort of galactic intergalactic politics as it were yeah cool. so you get some of that so i won't say any more about that right no there's a cool there's some really weird stuff that's starting there's to happen in the really weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. it just gets weirder yeah so cool um all right well we have a title atomic slushy atomic, atomic slushy weapon atomic mm-hmm. slushy beam that's just atomic slushy Atomic slushy, because then you can have an atomic slushy bomb too, depending on right. How, how and you build an it. atomic slushy bar where you can go drink 
That sounds delicious. Yep. <laughs> you could, uh, yeah, yeah, you have a drink that has the, uh, the like the uh, atomic structures screwed up. Yeah. Just be busy. Good. <laughs> you probably need a straw at the very uh, least. Yeah, but then, but the, the straw is made of atoms too. So it's going to get messed up as well. Yeah, it'd be right. like more like a breathe. You'd have to just breathe it in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that's probably right. So it'll be like a... Um, it's like a bong. What do, they, what do they call those? Vapor vaporizers? Exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you could vape. You could vape. Vape and atomic slushy. Now, children... Yeah. Uh, children. Don't y- do this Young people, adults. <laughs> yeah. Don't try that at home. If you have an atomic slushy weapons, just uh, keep it away from the kids and the pets. <laughs> <laughs> and probably, yeah, you know, know, lock it away for yourself because if you get in a bad mood, you don't want to be reaching for the atomic slashing weapon. Seriously, I mean, it's bad enough that my cats can claw the couch, but if they had access to right. an atomic slushy <laughs> weapon, what they would do? Oh, yeah. They would take charge. Yeah. They would uh, immediately um, destroy everything except their food. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if they destroyed the pantry door and the bag <laughs> that keeps them from their food, totally do. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. And it would make everything soft, sort of speaking, which they would love. So they're going to make more things that they can just sit on and paw. Just, yeah, and just cuddle with. Make yeah. biscuits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, now we've decided, we've decided, we've seen how cats will take over the world with atomic slushy weapons. Um, also, it's this, this actually has made me far more grateful for the uh, strong force. Oh, good. Yeah, you know? as, as you should be. That's right. Shout out to the strong force. A lot of people don't think mm-hmm. about it. A lot of people, maybe a lot of you may not even know what it is. You can look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, you're you know not just the strong force, but your protons and neutrons and electrons, mm-hmm. all working together in, in harmonious. That's exactly fashion. right. If, if neutrons and protons were less amiable to each other, then we would all be atomic slushies, and yeah. you don't want that. Yeah, love your love your protons. Your protons, Love right? your right. atoms. Love your atoms. Um, yeah, so hug your neutrons today. That's excellent. That's a wonderful thought to end on. Um, well, this has, uh, once again, as always, been a fantastic journey through Certainly. knowledge and entertainment and evil mischief. And evil mischief. <laughs> the way it should be. All right. All right, sir. Well, um, enjoy the rest of the day. Hope yeah, farewell. The rain will uh, end uh, before we have to build an ark. Someday. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Tune in next week (laughs) on What (laughs) the If. Bye now. Bye.